world's on fire, our culture's disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. You know what I struggle with most on this show? Doing this show. The thing I struggle most is I I really don't know what I really don't know what to do. So said, so what do you mean? Hmm. Is this a spiritual show? Is this a cultural show? Is this a what is this show? When, and when I when I come down and like, you know, I've got some great show prep here to, to do. I'm doing communion, by the way, so get you. I'm stalling a little bit for Joe. Get your communion elements. Uh, so the audience is growing every day. It's pretty broad. And everybody wants something different. And so uh, I don't struggle. That's not the right word. And I certainly uh, I certainly don't do this show to please anybody. I hope you guys all pick up on that. I try to tell the truth. I got an email from somebody that says, you need to be more honest. And I just kind of chuckled. Honest. What the hell? Well, that even mean who? Who do you know out there that's honest? We're so, we're so dishonest in all of our in all of our goings, aren't we? Acting like we like things that we don't like, and acting like we—you guys got what I've said. So so many. You understand? Are you looking at me, friends? You realize that keeping your mouth shut's lying, <clears throat> huh? You understand that? Not to speak is to speak. Hmm? Huh? Not to to know to do good, and not to do it. To him, that's evil. You 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 know that. And how cavalierly we we just re- re- reject all that stuff. And the reason we do is because I think, for the most part, we can't get by ourselves. At the end of the day, the truth is we love ourselves way, way, way too more than we should, especially for people who claim to have laid down their life. Right? It's what the gospel calls us to do. Lay, lay down your life so that you might really live. And we do, sometimes we do an, a mental ascent to that. We do, but do we really? And at the heart of all of us, boy, the heart, I'm talking to me now, not you. The heart of all of us is selfishness, right? Greed, right? You all, you all would agree with that, wouldn't you? Huh? All of us. The first thing, the first reaction we all have when somebody needs something is, uh, not how will this bless that person, but how's this going to impact me? Saying, well, well, like when we're trying to get Stephanie a car, trying to get her a car. She needs a car. He said, well, I can't, I can't coach. I can't give $30. I can't give $30. I, man, golly, that, that comes out of my, I'm not making fun. I'm, I'm just trying to be realistic here, right? I really am. The deep inside of all of us is us. We can't, we, everywhere we go is us. A carnal, natural man. That's just so hard. And really, most of us, all of us, I think, are probably, yeah, our, our greatest <clears throat> uh, deterrent is fear. Fear. I wonder how many of you out there have thought about this, uh, how much you are controlled by the fear of lack. In other words, if, golly, if I give thirty dollars, I'm not trying to pick your pockets. Relax. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a point. Golly, if I give thirty dollars of that, where well, am I going to be able to make my own budget? Right. The Bible says that that this is the law of sowing and reaping. You sow and you pick. You plant corn, you get corn. You plant beans, you get beans. You don't plant beans, you don't gain beans. You don't plant financially, you don't you don't get a financial return. I'm, look, I'm not trying to talk about money. I'm trying to talk about life that you, that you would understand how we are so controlled by our fear of lack. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
And I was thinking about it. Michelle and I just having a discussion this morning. By the way, Jonathan, bring up that picture of my grandson, two years old today, that miracle boy, Declan. Huh? Two years old today. You guys remember when we were praying for him two years ago? And what a spunky little guy he's become. And uh, you, you, you know, those of us who, I'm 70. Some of you are probably nearing that age. And if we get into retirement, we want to we want to store up stuff, right? I got to store up stuff for my retirement because I'm not earning money anymore. And the reality of it is you probably have far more stuff than your kids do. Probably house is probably paid off. Your vehicle's probably paid off, right? And yet we yet, yet we walk in fear of lack. And so I was having this discussion with, with my wife about something this morning. I, she, she, I love my wife. Something this morning. And I said, you know, honey, a year from now, are there even going to be dollars? Is there going to be such a thing as a dollar a year from now? And all those dollars and all those investments, all those things we had stored up. Jesus said, store up for yourself riches in heaven. Don't store up riches here on earth where moth corrupts and thieves break in and steal. And the thieves, by the way, the government, inflation, taxation, the thieves are breaking in and stealing all around us. And I'm not asking for a donation or anything like that. I'm just trying to help you all to understand that for the most part, you got to break that spirit of fear. That spirit of fear comes to most of us in a subtle way of, if I do this, I won't have enough. You can say amen. You don't have to say amen. I want to help all of you to try to try to get, including me, all of us get get beyond that. So I got a, I got a, well, I got a really, really deep show today, I think. And that guy's something there. For those new joiners out there didn't know, our little grandson was born two years ago today and his stomach and his intestines were not, were not connected. And uh, everybody was saying, oh, he's going to have Down syndrome, all, all the doctors, all these horrible things that could happen to that little guy. And, and I kept saying, no, he's fearfully and wonderfully made. Many of you out there prayed for him and all that stuff. And he was born and went immediately into children's hospital under the, NIC unit, the infant, the intensive care. He had surgery. He hadn't been alive 10 hours and he, they cut into his belly and connected his intestines and his stomach. And uh, 41 days, I think it was, 41 days he spent in children's hospital. And I just want to give glory to the Lord about what he's going to do in the life of that little dude right there, man. Uh, for some reason, the enemy didn't want him around. But he is. He's fearfully and wonderfully made. Just want to thank God for, for him being alive today. And that's the same little guy I ran over. You guys remember that story, right? I ran over him, our car. Oh, I'm going to go there and start crying. So get some, uh, get some elements. Joe's going to lead us in, in communion today. Uh, before, before you do it, Joe, I, look, I got folks, I got, I just got some stuff I got to get out of me, okay? I just want you to know that, that, that I do. Don't forget, we're going to be in Mount Vernon, uh, Mount Vernon. Tomorrow, one o'clock. Anybody can make it. We're going to be there. Uh, Joe, go ahead. Go ahead and uh, lead us in communion this morning. Yeah, thank you, Coach. Oh, when you're talking about the fear of lack that a lot of us have, I think that a lot of us have parents that were raised during the yeah. Depression. That's right. You know, and uh, you can't not have that awareness if you had parents who went through that. Well, you know, Joe, my wife, I just, my wife and I were just having that conversation before we came down. And she said, uh, she says, why don't you clear out some of the junk? We have this kind of discussion all the time. You just got a bunch of junk around here. And she says, broken stuff. And I said, honey, listen, you don't understand. I grew up with five kids and not without much money. And you grew up a kind of a child of privilege and you had everything that you wanted. And when I got something, I took care of it and I hung on to it. Because I didn't get stuff very often, right? So I was trained in the <laughs> idea of lack. Anybody out there relate to what I'm saying? Probably a lot of you the same way, right? I hate to throw stuff away. I might need that sometime. And then I walk back there four years later and that thing's still there that I never used, but I might need it sometime. Well, see, that's, that's whether we know, whether we understand, that's bondage. That's bondage. My family taught me lack, bondage. I can't give away because I might need it. My wife says, throw it away. We'll get a new one because she grew up with her mom. She was like an only child type thing, right? She had an older sister. She was an only child. And I think a lot of us just got to look back on our own back. Think that we were, we, we were 
children of the depression, right? Our parents were the depression kids. Think what they <laughs> think what they put inside of us in regards to fear and lack. Anyway, sorry, Joe. I just wanted to I wanted to throw that in there. No, no, but up we we grew up, most of us with the spiritual belief, if we had one, that there wasn't there wasn't the abundance that the, child, the, the doctrine of poverty, someone just said. Yeah. The doctrine of poverty. Yep. But we I had a dream recently about about uh uh, this issue about uh, there was a famine and and in the and we were discussing how is the Lord going to fix this? Is he going to use manna or is he going to have ravens or is it going to be the loaves and the fishes? What what's the solution going to be? We didn't approach it from fear in the dream. We're approaching what kind of a miracle is God going to do? Yeah. Amen. 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 Yeah, amount of money, Lord, I guess it's time for you to move, right? Because the Bible says that heaped up, pressed down, running over, shall men give into your bosom. You understand this, don't you? Every dollar you make, you make from another man. Men give into your bosom. Now, God's the provider, but God moves upon men to provide for you. It's, it's a tough concept for us to get in. Okay, everybody, let's get started. <clears throat> uh, here I have a reading that, it's been a while since I'd read this, and it seemed to remind me of of why we do communion, about uh, uh, what was sacrificed for us, and and the other side of the sacrifice, what what's to come, uh, the the benefits, the uh, one of the reasons why. Uh, are the results of it. So, but I would not have you to be ignorant. Brother. I guess you can be ignorant. Is that right? I guess you can be ignorant. It, it's an option. Yeah. Okay. Concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Wow, that's deep. <laughs> For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. I believe that. Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Man, that hey, that's a, that's a whole show right there, right? Are they asleep? Yeah. What are you, what's he talking about here, right? Go ahead. I thought they were in heaven. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that which we are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Hmm. Uh, producer, can you uh, please? No lower. For the Lord himself descended from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Wow. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Yeah, it's not supposed to be scary. It's supposed to be comforting. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's say a short prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we gratefully find ourselves here this day, this new day that you have made. Our hearts are all beating. Our lungs are full of air. And we find ourselves being reminded of the abundance that your sacrifice and resurrection brings to us. The abundance of the restoration of the authority, not just everlasting life, which is so important, Lord. Redemption is so important, but we often forget that a lot more was achieved with your sacrifice and resurrection. We we realize that that you got the keys when you descended, and you took those keys with you, and we have restored to us because you are Adam 2.0, better than the original Adam. 
ultimately more stronger and better in everything than the first Adam who fell so quickly in the garden. And we are grateful for all these things and please help us to get beyond the limitations that earthly theologians put on you, Lord, saying that there is no power in these days. That was then and this is now and that isn't, that isn't here anymore. That's such a lie. And we need to learn, Lord, because we're going to need to have that faith. We're going to need to understand that we have the authority through you to stop that prowling lion who would devour those that he can because he can devour if one is not aware who one really is and that we, that you who dwell in us are the ultimate strength and power making that lion be as the smallest mouse. And so, Lord, we thank you. We are grateful for the privilege of taking communion, the privilege of remembering what you did. And we ask you to forgive our sins and transgressions as we come cleansed into your sight. Yes, Lord. And help us each this day and this coming weekend to do what you would have us do, think and say the things you would have us say, to react when we are, in all ways, when we are meeting with or confronted with people, to act as you would have us act to do and say and think. And let people who meet us see you and us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Amen. Thank you, Joe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well done, Joe. Thanks. Amen, Joe. Thank you, everybody. <clears throat> I'm kind of, uh, thanks, Joe. Thanks. Um, Lord, let the words of our lip and the meditation of our heart be pleasing in your sight today, Lord Jesus. Amen. I'm kind of in a teaching mode this morning. Is that okay? Amen. I mean, it's, it's Friday. I know it's Flea Flicker Friday, and I love know y'all love to get in here, and I get it. Yeah, but I just got something that's really, really kind of heavy on me. In fact, I'm trying to send something to, to, to show you right now. Um, what what would the Lord asked me this this morning? I mean, this sounds crazy, right? He did. He asked me this this morning. He said, "What would you do if you were a pastor?" I'm not a pastor. Never claimed to be one. And I said, uh, wow, I'm sending it to you right now, John, uh, uh, Spencer. Hang on. It's not Spencer, but I'm sending it to, to Jared, okay? I said, well, I'm not a pastor. And he said, well, yeah, but if you were, if you were, what would you, what would you do? And I got thinking about uh, um, watching, I watched some sermons online and some, uh, different guys. I don't. I don't care who who it is. Who you're talking about? Um, most church services are one guy standing in front of a church and talking to the people. One man 
instructing everyone. Where I live, where I grow up, that's kind of called a dictatorship. Now, there are certain times that, like on a football coach, sometimes it has to be dictatorships. That's okay. Are churches supposed to be dictatorships? What, what's the pattern of a church? What, what would a church look like? And, I'm, and I was having this discussion with the Lord going through my head. And John, I don't know if you can pull that thing up there or not. And the Holy Spirit said to me, David, that's my grandson. I said, David? Oh, man, I, well, I'm sorry. Maybe I can show you this way. I, I don't know I can because of the green screen. And then all of a sudden, the Lord said, yeah, David. And he showed me this video. I'll, I'll try. I don't know if you guys can see it. It's me taking my little, I don't even know how old he is, seven-year-old grandson, and putting him on the riding lawnmower tractor for the first time by himself. He was so scared to get on it. I don't know why it's not coming to you, Johnny. I, I it's okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys will be able to see it. Probably can't because of the green screen. There's David riding on his tractor. King of the mountain. And I realized that's my job. My job is to teach David how to become me. Or Christ-like. You get what I'm saying? All leadership, friends. I'm talking to pastors out there today. All leadership is replication of yourself. And I've used this illustration many, many times. If I've done a good job as a, as a head football coach, I could miss the game and it would go okay. Because why? I've trained my assistants to do the job. If I haven't trained the assistants to do the, do the job, I haven't been successful as a coach. And I can remember twice in, in my coaching career, tw- twice, having a conversation with a dear friend of mine who was an assistant coach and who would lay down anything for the team. They would, Mark Kyer, Coach Norm, Coach E. I remember sitting both of them down different times and said, hey, listen, it's about time for you to go. They said, what? Yeah. You got too much of a gift to sit here. It's time for you to go. Go do your own thing. Go. Go be your own coach. Go start your own team. You impact people. I'll impact people. Mark Collier, you go start your own. You're capable. You're ready. You go and teach them what you've been taught. Now, I'm going to ask you this, pastors, because I care, I care deeply about you. Are you producing that? Are you producing that? And I would have to say that most of you probably would say no. And I, I want you to think, think seriously on, on this one. <clears throat> if you were to fall sick, heaven forbid, pastor, if you were to fall sick, who's filling your pulpit for the next month that you can't be there because if you don't have somebody within your congregation that can step up and do your job you have not done your job somebody say amen for me you don't have to i'm i'm telling you amen i'm telling you and i'm going to tell you this right now every day when i come down here i'm trying to train and equip others to do what i do because if it's just me, Coach Dave Life, if it's just Joel Osteen, if it's just Rick Warren, the impact never gets beyond them. So I was thinking about that. If, if I was a pastor and I had a congregation, here's what I would do. I'd walk down through that congregation and I'd go up to say, uh, hey, Steve Deck, you're preaching next Sunday. And Steve would say, what? Why? I can't, I, I can't, you're up next Sunday. Well, what do you want me to, what would you want me to talk about? I don't know, what, whatever the Lord's given you, whatever it is, you're up next Sunday and you give a sermon 
and then we'll have a discussion about what you said. Because if I keep doing it, then you're going to keep getting the same stuff over and over. You're going to get what I believe. And as, as a result of it, we don't have a potpourri. We have a bland, same flow every... Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Amen. If I was building a Christian team, I would be in training and enlisting the assistants to do my job. I would sit back and say, dude, you're up. You got the next 40 minutes. You tell people in this congregation what it is that the Lord's speaking to you. You go wherever you want to. You don't have to bring it to me. You don't have to get my approval. You don't have to ask me if it lines up with my theology. I want you to be able to stand in front of people and articulate what it is you believe. Anybody think I'm crazy? I think that would be the most vibrant church that the Lord ever saw. But we don't do that because why? Because we are homogenized. Homogenized. Yeah, everybody, same thing. Homo means same, right? Homo, homogenized. So therefore, the pastor, I'll be daggone, if he's going to give the reins to somebody else, why, he spent his whole life building that church, and those people come there, and those people love him and respect him. Yeah, and there ain't a damn one of them that can share the gospel when they walk outside the church. Amen. And so we look across the culture and across society and ask ourselves, how did we get in the mess that we're in? And I hate to tell you this. It's because of the idealizing of the man in the pulpit, placing him in a role and a position that the Lord never intended that position to have. So let me go talk to you you, uh, music folks. If I was the band director, I'd have some Steve Deck solos. I'd have some Jeff Klein drum solos. I'd have somebody sing. If that's what I that's what I would do if I was conducting this audience. But most of you have been taught that you don't. Why well, you don't have any skill? <laughs> what could you possibly offer? If you're in a church where the pastor doesn't think that you have the ability to articulate your beliefs, there's something wrong with the pastor. You've been sitting there how long? You've been sitting in that church how long? And he doesn't trust you to stand in front of a group of people that you consider family and say what the Lord has shown you. Folks, this is is killing us. This is killing us. Amen. What it has done is it's put too much power, authority, and responsibility on the guy in the pulpit. I know I know some dear friends who are pastors. And it must be it must be a burden to get up every Sunday morning and think about what I'm going to preach on today. Well, dude, is there maybe somebody in the church beside you that has a word from the Lord? Have you ever called on their anointing to do that? Do you think they're going to ruin your church? And one time in the pulpit, they're going to ruin your church. You think that? That's our problem. We have professional Christians. And then the rest of us. I'm the pro, right? Can I tell you something? I think this show would fall apart if I'm not here. But see, it's just me. Clay could probably do it. Mark Trump could probably do it. I could put Steve Deck in a headlock and give him a noogie. He could probably do it. If I put if I put a calling, if I put a demand on his gift, on his anointing, I believe, I believe it could, I believe it, I believe in many of you out there. Oh my God, would I turn it over to Rochelle? Oh my goodness. Ooh, I could turn it over to Janine. Uh, oh my goodness! I could turn it over to Trent. I could. T- I could go. I turn it over to Chad. Right, but I can't do that. Why? Because it's Coach Dave live. And hear what I have to say. And some of the my greatest learning 
is after the show's over and I heard somebody say something during the show and I have to check it out. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? I heard somebody say something that I didn't think was right and I wasn't going to take it down, but I go home later and I open up the scripture and I say, oh my goodness, it does say that. It does say that. And we know that one of the <clears throat> clarion calls of the 60s revolution in America was what? Question authority. Not in the church, though. No, 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 no. Not in the church. Because Pastor Timmy Tushu's standing up and he's the expert. He's got it all. And some of you aren't being trained to use your gift. By the way, that's the magic of what we do here. We were in, we were in uh, Mount Vernon last week, and I heard Judd, Judd got on the, Judd started street preaching. I thought, are you kidding me? He can do that? Wow. Wow. Judd ought to get a chance to do that more often. Not, not trying to make anybody feel bad. I wonder if they're giving Judd a chance to do that in his church. Or his church controlled and somebody else has to do all the teaching. This, some smart, anointed person has to do all the teaching. And as a result of it, your own gift never gets developed. Never gets developed. You can say all you want to about Myra. You tell me that that gift hasn't been developed over every five days a week coming here. And she would probably get mad if I said, Myra, somebody else is going to do it. Because why? See, we all have a tendency to think we've built this fiefdom, right? Well, I do them. Joe does them. Joe does the communion. Huh? Well, we're not going to let Jeff do it. Joe does the communion, right? Well, we're not going to let we're not going to let Sarah pray us in. That's Myra's job. See, that's what that's what happens to us. See, that's what happens to us. And as a result of it, you never get to call on that anointing, that gifting that is in you. Because listen, if you never exercise your gift, you'll never come to the fullness of who you are. And if Steve Deck stands, I see Steve on my screen. That's why I keep saying Steve. If Steve Deck stands up on the service and gives a word, you know what that means? Then that means some other guy sitting in there says, Dang God, if Steve can do it, maybe I can do it too. Amen. Right? Because why? It's training, equipping, and mobilizing the saints for the work of the ministry. And I'm going to tell you something, pastors. You aren't doing it. You're not doing it. You're not doing it. It's like uh, last two days, I mowed yesterday. I couldn't get Jimmy Buffett out of my head. Over and over. Changes in latitudes, changes in that. No matter what, I couldn't get Jimmy Buffett out of my head. Why? Because I'd listened to him so much. And so some of us can't get our pastor out of our head because that's all we hear. Look, one of the most profound, I'm going to try not to cry. One of the most profound scriptures in all of the, in my, in my opinion, is when Jesus was making his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. I don't know where it is, John. I'm going to tell the story. You don't have to pull it up. And uh, <clears throat> as he's going into Jerusalem, he sells, sells one of the disciples. He says, hey, listen, I want you to go ahead up there. And when you get up there, it's going to be a, you're going to see an old farmer out there. And he'll have a donkey there. He said, do me a favor, Jesus said to his disciple. He says, go tell that, uh, go tell that guy we, we need that donkey. And the disciple looks at Jesus and says, what the heck are you talking about? That guy ain't going to give us his donkey. He don't even know who the heck you are. He don't even know me. Why, well, I'm going to go up and tell him to let us have his donkey. He ain't going to do that. And Jesus said, oh, yes, he will. You tell him. That the Lord hath need of him. Hey, friends, the Lord hath need of you. Amen. He can use you so much. 
And I'm sorry that you've been going to a church where nobody has developed your skills. As Jeff would say, ways of righteousness. Nobody's trained, equipped, and mobilized you for the work of the ministry. Nobody's done that. The Bible says, be ye not a hearer of the word only, but be a doer. And some of you don't even know how to do it, if you could do it, what you would do if you could. It grieves me. grieves me. Because we're in the mess that we're in because we've become, can I tell you, our pastors are like Congress. Amen. Huh? They don't even talk to each other. They don't even agree with each other. They give, they give beautiful sermons. But, hey, Pastor, look, I'm not trying, I'm, I don't know you. I'm not talking. If you think I'm talking about you, I'm not. If you think I'm not, I am. If you right now cannot say who you are handing the baton to, you ain't trained nobody. I'm asked that often. Coach, what happens to you? Who's next in line? And I said, (laughs) good question. And the problem becomes when Coach Dave Live becomes about Coach Dave Live. Rather than Jeff Klein live and Steve Deck live and Susie Baldwin live, Roger Weaver live, Mark Trump live. The fact that your two cents is worth two cents. The fact that the Holy Spirit speaks to you the same as he can speak to anybody else. That your job is to what? Use that gift that he's given to you. Why? For the Lord hath need of you. Come on in, Roger. Hey, I'm just getting started. Oh, you know, I'm I'm thinking of the the thousands of leadership books that have been written. Um, You know, I think Jesus gave us a a pretty good example. He picked 12. He taught them, got them ready for the future. I think of the Bible talking about the positions of elder and deacon, sharing responsibilities. And I think every organization most organizations need a leader they need somebody in charge i think it's you don't run a whole lot by committee but i think the problem lies with the ego of the person that's leading they they get all this attention and they get you know oh pastor let's go to lunch together and it's hard to beat that back because our ego and our own desires i think that's where the problem really lies i do i think of pastors I think of Dale as uh, I've never been to Dale's church, but I sense a, a certain amount of sharing going on there. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And I think the Bible clearly shows a little bit of how to do it, but I think so much of it is the nature of man and ego. Once you start getting that and you start liking it, yeah, you get yeah. that little feeling of importance. Yep. Sin creeps in and evil creeps in and says, you want to keep that just for yourself. Amen. Amen. But, but you know, David's like your ministry. There is a skill set you have to this ministry. And some of that is God given. Some of that can be taught. I think if something were to happen to you, things would continue in different forms. That's right. But you have a skill set for the morning. We can't doubt that. But uh, it's not ego driven. You're not afraid to share. You're not afraid to, you know, transfer to somebody. Uh, but uh, it, uh, you know, leadership's an interesting thing. We need leaders, but we need leaders who are not afraid to share. And Roger, to Roger, here it is. Listen, this applies in every area of your life, folks. You cannot be afraid to be wrong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You hear that? You can't be afraid to be wrong, folks. If you're wrong, the truth will set you free. Don't, don't be afraid to be wrong. It's part of the learning process. Thanks, Rog. Thanks. Thanks. Amen. Mark Trump. Yeah, I'm going to follow on that. You said that, that to be a good pastor is to raise leaders. Yes. Well, to, to be a good follower is to become a good leader so from our perspective is to become a teacher 
So I've always lived by precept before I met you, Coach, and it was me being good, not me being with the Holy Spirit. And we all may have walked good, but not knowing who we were walking for. So I always tried to do the job of my of my boss. Mm-hmm. If I was able to do the job of my boss, I can do my job when he's not there because I can right. then do his piece of it. So I've always became a leader just through serving my boss and the people around me, which we, we call 360-degree leadership. You lead people below you, but you lead people beside you, and you lead people above you that need it. And that precept alone has helped just me walk without looking around and people are naturally picking up things and and all that coach and i'll say one more thing when you put me when you said mark you gotta you know i'd like you to to speak and even at clay's you said the pastor's not showing up mark you do it (laughs) all right what do you think i felt like it'd be like anyone in this queue that, that you called and said i want you to teach tomorrow but i did it Mm-hmm. And let me tell every one of you, y'all can do it too. That's right. If the time comes and you're called, go do it. You'll do fine. You won't believe how well you'll do in the Amen. Lord. So Amen. just put yourself forward, get on stage, rip the Band-Aid off, and you'll be even better the next time, I guarantee Amen. you. Amen. Amen. Hey, folks, listen, man. The church ain't about the sermon. I'm, I'm sorry. It isn't about the sermon. It's about equipping the saints. It's about getting the saints together. It's I don't know where Amen. it is. Myra can probably Amen. look it up. It says everybody has a word. Everybody has a song. When we come together, it, it is not um uh, 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 what's the word? It's not a dictatorship. It's not a monologue. It's a Amen. dialogue. Amen. What good is it if I have all this information and I don't teach it to Steve Deck? What good is it? And I teach it to Steve Deck, so he teaches it to somebody else. Why, why, is, why is church so different than the world? Do you guys go to your job and want you sit there and watch some other guy work? Is that what you do? You go to church, you sit there, one guy works. Oh, there may be some choir, somebody playing the piano, an usher. But for the most part, there's never, ever, ever, ever anybody that asks you, what do you think? What you think that? In fact, if you try to raise your hand, tell them what you think. They make you sit down, rather than letting you exercise that gift. No matter how bad you're screwing it up, Julie, go ahead. Good morning, Coach. Great show. Two things. Um, James four one come to my mind. Do you want to pull that up? James four verse yep. one. Yep. It's what causes? There quarrels and what fights among you it is is it not this that your passions are at war within you Mm. and then um i was really saddened i called my old church because um revive ohio came to fairfield county and they had churches coming together well i said perry county and licking county muskegon county were on the list so I talked to the guy. He says, yeah, see if you can get some churches, you know, or a pastor to do it. So I called. And you know what they said? I'm busy doing my own ministries. <laughs> it's I'm right. like, wow. It's about unity. I said, I told him, I said, it's not about this church or that church. I said, it's about the word of God and teaching people what's in that. Julie, hang on a minute. How about the past? How about you asking the pastor? Well, who could you send in your place? Oh, good one. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> and you know what? He won't have anybody. That's the problem. Amen. John Lovin. Come on in, John. Oh, I'm stepping on him today, aren't I? Hey, Coach, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. I was in this machine room trying to listen and work, too. Hey, uh, real quick, um, <clears throat> the problem is uh, you have uh, you have pastors that are they're just they just want to hang on to their position and uh they're not secure enough in what what god did for them you know and uh so and and then you know you look at the law of the lid right you will attract like-mindedness so if the pastor's insecure in his position 
then his leaders are going to be insecure in their positions. I mean, I've been in the church for 25 years, and, I, you know, everybody's jockeying for position, and my, my, my uh, perspective was always to uh, take on something that God's called me to do and then raise somebody up to come alongside me to take it over that I can move on to something else. Amen. Uh, Amen. I think that's the way the kingdom is, is developed. And then the other thing, like I, I had a recent conversation with my pastor, and I said, uh, I said, the problem is, I said, the church is structured like third grade. I said, we come in, we listen to a, to a message, and uh, we sit down, we stand up, we go home. And uh, I said, the, it, it, I don't think it's supposed to be that way. I said, the according to... There isn't even a quiz. There isn't even a quiz at the end of it. Go ahead. Yeah. So in First Corinthians 12, right, he says, everybody's got a gift. And I said to the pastor, I said, you got a church full of gifts. Yeah. I said, I said, it's your job to develop those and figure out how to put those people in their gifts so that yes. the kingdom can be furthered. He did not like that at all. Uh. You know, he just got completely silent. And then the other thing, think about this, right? Peter was in the boat with the 12. He's the only one that got out. That represents about 7%, right? Wow. So you got, you got 7 percenters in the church that are, that are motivated and they, they have a desire to do something, but there's no platform for them to move forward because no, the church they, isn't structured that way. That's right. And, and you know what? They're first, they get frustrated and they leave. Okay. And you got leaders that, that should be in the church. They're not leading because there's no platform. There's no structure. There's no outline, no, no development plan to further them into the kingdom so that God's kingdom can be furthered. It's just, it's sad. It's sad. You're, you're hitting the bullet today. I mean, yeah. I, remember, I, yeah. remember when I, I was a young Christian. I remember when I went to the pastor and said, I'd love to come. I'd love to come to some of your events. When you travel, I'll carry your bags, whatever. Yeah, he was not interested in developing me. He was interested yeah. in developing him. Yeah. I, here, I'll, I'll end with this story. I remember when I was a young Christian, my pastor was grooming me for leadership, and he and he said, uh, he said, he said, uh, uh, he knew a guy started a church, and after a few years, he created a church board, and he said, then a few years later, that church board usurped his authority, kicked him out, and he lost his position, and then he looked at me. That pastor looked at me, and he said, "I'll never allow my church to be structured that way." Amen, baby. Amen. And here's what here's here. I just I'm an analytical thinker. I just started thinking about. It. I said, so now. Every decision that he makes moving forward is a decision out of the fear of loss. There's no faith in it. That's right. It, that's, you know, and, and, and that's what we got in, in America's church today. It's sad. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, for, thanks for letting me share. God bless. It's my call, baby. Huh? I'm responsible to the Lord for the call of my life. Not some elder board. I'm responsible for it. Amen. Tracy. Oh, Great, great, great information coming from everybody in here. And I know you don't like to make this about you, coach, but I thank the Lord every day that when when I started to question my life and my Christianity, that all glory goes to him for where I'm at today. But he anointed you to do that for me. Amen. He anointed you to train us to train us and to give us this wisdom and, and knowledge about the word and how it relates to our everyday lives, you have been anointed and you are doing fabulous work. You probably don't even have a clue as to how many people you have touched because of the silent ones. You don't say anything, but I listened to Donna. Look how she's come out. Look, you've given us a voice. You've allowed us to speak. You've uh, allowed us to grow coach. Amen. Amen. You are Amen. right where you need to be. And I am so thankful that God put me in that van that day, coach, <laughs> because I'm telling you, I was never outside or inside of a shell. I was always out there, but I wasn't out there for the right reasons. Amen. And you have, you have changed my life. And I am so appreciated to that, but Boom. thank you. Tracy, here's my answer. Are you ready for this? Folks, this is right, right out of my heart. I'm just doing my job. You understand that? I'm gifted to do that. I'm just doing my job. I shouldn't get pat on the back, told how wonderful I am. I'm just doing my job. Why, why is this so unusual that I have a gift and I use my gift and then I expect people to pat me on the back? 
I'm just doing my job. I'm just using my gifts. What are your gifts and why aren't you using them? Number one, the guy in the pulpit ain't interested in developing your gifts. He's interested in building a church. Come on in, Betty. I have to agree. So many pastors are insecure and selfish and they want to run the show and, like you say, build another building. But it's also with a lot of patriot groups. There's a lot of great ones out there, but then there's those that if they would just get together with each other, what an army would it have. But that guy that leads that patriot group, whatever it be, he wants to run the show. He don't want no suggestion. He just wants to do it his way. So, Betty, the greatest example of power. Are you, you hearing me, friends? The greatest hmm, example of power is having it and not applying it. Exactly. Some of you missed, some of you missed that. Huh? Some of you missed it. When you have the power, Amen. you don't use it as a hammer. Yes. That's some of the greatest leadership you'll ever come across. I tell you, we'd have an army and we'd be, we're already winning, but. There would be hell hands down. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Jeff, fine. Jeff and then Jock. Coach, quick story. Yesterday, here's a story about Marty and the two pastors. I see these two guys on a bike path. I'm mowing the grass. I'm thinking, them guys look like preachers. They come back out of the park, come back by me, and where am I at? Right by the bike path on my mower. I shut it off. I said, either one of you guys are a preacher. Oh, yeah, we both are. I said, great. I need to talk to you. Proclamation Church here in Mount Vernon, a new church starting up. I went through the armor. I went through child trafficking, the demonic government, church on the square, their proclamation church. I said, you want to come on down. We're on the square proclaiming. So as we're doing all this, I didn't let them say much. I just rattled it off for about 10 minutes. They pulled a Joe Biden. They looked at their watch. Oh, well, we got to get going. We got a meeting to go to. So as they said that, the homeless guy, Marty, walks up to me. He says, hey. You got that garage sale stuff in there? You guys still selling stuff? I said, yeah, but I said, as soon as I get done mowing here, it'll be about five, ten minutes, I'll meet you in the garage. So he comes over. I parked the mower ten minutes after them two preachers left. I went in there. Marty's down on his lock. That was a long story. I won't go into all that. But I end up giving him a, a brand-new guitar laying in there. He can play it. He wanted to buy it. I give it to him. I had prayer over him. I said, he's telling me he's a good person. I said, buddy, good people go to hell. So I prayed over him, talked to him about being born again. He's coming to the square on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I said, he wanted toiletries to shave. I said, buddy, I will bring the shaving cream and the razor to mm -hmm. the square. You meet me there at 1 o'clock. And he's going to do it. <laughs> Amen. So, Jeff, Jeff, here's what. See, look. Uh, if you don't feel you're important, you don't care if you miss church. If you don't feel you're important, you don't care if you miss practice. You know what? Hey, you know what I'm talking about, right? If you don't think you're important, you don't show up at family gatherings. Come on in, Jock, then Laura Ann. Uh, good morning, Coach. Yeah, all I can do is uh, I'm just looking at that football field on your green screen there. Yeah. And I keep thinking about the grass on the field and what it takes for that grass to grow. That the, Each one of those blades represent us. Yes, sir. And that, that, ear, that sprinkler that waters that grass is you coach and yeah. the holy spirit is using you as the irrigator amen and you and you irrigate the holy spirit god is using you as a sprinkler and you're <laughs> irrigating us and we're growing in in god amen and we amen. and we take we take the water and the fertilizer which is the holy spirit and we're to grow just the same way, and then we become the irrigator. Amen. That's the way it works, that, huh? That's how I see it. Amen. I appreciate it. That's a great picture, man. That is a that's a great picture. Laura Ann. Good morning. Uh on your what the Holy Spirit was sharing with me when you were talking about power, it's which kind of power that you're not going to use and which kind of power that you're going to use right. coach you're filled with the power of the holy spirit which jesus promised to give to all believers when he when you know when he ascended to heaven and and if and, if, and just if we could all be filled with the power of the holy spirit to go out 
and play like it's it's the Super Bowl of heaven every single day, how much different could it be? Mm-hmm. Amen on that. You know, and what you're doing is you're coaching. We meet in the locker room. You coach us on the field. You coach us at first and goal. You coach us when it's just when it's a safety. You coach us when it's a field goal. You coach us when we need a timeout. Mm. And then you help us with the direction with a bunch of people that were told you're just bench warmers. Amen. You don't you can't play in the game. You you're not you're not first string, you know, you're yep. not Travis Kelsey, you're not yep. you know, you're not Mahomes, you know, you're not you can't you can't do that. And don't yep. please don't start your own foundation. You're not you're not you're not capable of doing yeah, it. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. That's don't, right. Don't please don't do that, you know. They don't like and the so what you, they don't want the competition. Right. And so you bring everybody together and the Lord has used you which is a very, you and Michelle, because you cannot do this out without your beautiful wife. Mm-hmm. It would be impossible. There would be no coach without Michelle. You know, um, and we just, and then the Lord using both of you to impart into us to go and send and use, and he uses your voice as the loudspeaker mm-hmm. and, you know, and telling us, or in our ear, right? Just doing my job. Um, just doing my job. I'm just broadcasting and you're the receiver. Are you getting the message? Right. And then what, what happens when you're broadcasting it and you give the play and the play is executed? What happens? You win the game. You win the play. Because it's yeah. always about the next play, the next play. And if you don't, like, okay, so you get so you get some field goals and you have to go back 20 yards. Okay, so you're there. So this is how we recover. And then you, and then you have the people that are coming in, you know, to help, you know, somebody if they've got a torn ligament. Oh, they pop their knee. You know, they're out for a bit. Okay, so you go see this doctor that's in that's in this huddle that I can re- refer you to, and we're going to take care of one another because that's what a team's supposed to do. Amen. That's the way it works. Everybody's got a gift. Everybody's got a song. Amen. Kelly Johnson. Come on in, Kelly. Got to unmute there, bud. Dale, come in while we wait on Kelly. Uh, hallelujah, Coach. You know, as as a pastor, Ephesians tells us, right, that it's the the apostles and pastors and preachers and teachers and evangelists, which is to equip the saints to do the works of the ministry. Now, that that flip side, not everybody's called to be a pastor. There's no doubt about it. Right. it and, and anybody who thinks, I, I, you know, I tell people, I said, if you think that you're called to be a pastor and it's about a job, I said, you probably need to step away from it because it is a ministry. It's a special ministry and it has a love for the people. But for the for the for the believers in the body, you know, those who say all well, that he's the evangelist. No, Second Timothy chapter. Uh, let me see. Second Timothy uh, four and five, chapter four, verse five. It tells us, he says, but you are to keep head in all situations, endure hardship and do the works of an evangelist who's to do who are to be the evangelist every single person in the body of christ is called to be an evangelist like what jeff was talking about that's an evangelist right there wherever you are you're proclaiming the gospel now i always use this motto you will teach what you know you'll reproduce what you are so you if you think you got it you know you will reproduce who you are i couldn't agree more i couldn't that's it amen amen Blessings, Dale. Kelly, can you get back in here? Want to try it? <clears throat> John Loveland, you still got your hand up. No? It's all cool. It's all, all cool. Hey, friends. Uh, we're really starting to we're really starting to roll out the uh, prepare to stand event. Just throw that up there real quick, okay? Real quickly. It's going to be an on, online thing. Teach if, if you can't see the finances are going crazy in the world, if you can't see that, if you can't understand that a wise man sees trouble coming and prepares, that's what this is going to be on, on September 23rd. It's $30. It's 10 bucks per speaker. You will have it. You'll have a copy of it. You can share it with others, yada, yada, yada. We'll get more information for you, but it's now live. And you're able to go on and register that. It's going to go from, from noon until about 5.30, 6 o'clock all day. But again, remember, 
You don't have to watch it live. You'll have access to it to watch it at your leisure whenever you want to. But this is going to be unbelievable, great information. And you know what's really good about it? Then you can invite others into your home and show them the video as well. That's the power of what it is we're trying to, trying to do. All right? And it all falls together with exactly what we're talking about. You be the evangelist. You be the pastor. You be the teacher. Play it on your screen and let people watch it and then discuss it. That's the way it's supposed to work, right? Wow. What a time to be alive. Have a great weekend. See you on Monday.